Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. The things that we're doing. But here's the deal. Mindfulness is having its moment right now. <laughs> and again, right now. I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, the positive side of mindfulness. There are two elements to a lot of the research on mindfulness. One of which is how do we measure the effects of a variety of techniques, many of which are derived from religious practices like Buddhist religious practices that are intended to give people an opportunity to reflect on their thought processes and on what, what is happening to them at the moment. And and so so some of this research is really focused on those practices and their implications. And then having identified some of the things that these practices lead to, there's, there's then a broader question of those people who habitually, for whatever set of reasons, engage in those kinds of thought processes, what influence does that have on their, their thinking, their emotional life, their, their well-being? And, and so that's really the moment that we're in right now. And, and be, the reason that mindfulness has gotten so much attention is because it has a lot of positive effects on wellness. So uh, it, the, the people who practice various mindfulness techniques often can reduce their experience of pain. They can reduce their stress levels. Uh, and, and they can increase overall feelings of well-being as a result of these kinds of practices. And in a, in a world in which people are suffering from a lot of day-to-day stress, having elements or practices that can reduce that stress and increase positive feelings is, is a real benefit. And, you know, especially in a culture where the rate of input is really high, you know, I mean, there are many people who spend very few moments quietly. Uh, and in many ways, you have to make an effort to do that because every situation in which we find ourselves throughout the day, there's an opportunity to fill it with something, whether it's a radio or a television or talking to somebody or there are lots of things just happening. And even when you're driving, you know, you have to respond to things that are in the environment and watch out for their drivers, all those kinds of things. So there's there's input consciousness a lot. And what there's much less of is quiet that allows us to think about what we're thinking about and think about what's happened in the past. And when, the, when those kinds of moments are absent, it's understandable that stressors persist because there's really very little opportunity to put apparent stressors into perspective because we really don't think about them. We, we, we don't really consider what, the, what, what possibilities there are. We're just responding in a very primitive way to a stressor. Our bodies are doing what they're doing, and we're moving on to the next input. Now, if, if, if day after day that's your life experience, it's understandable that your sense of well-being may be quite a bit lower than somebody who actually does take the time, has the time to actually be quiet and think and consider options that are possible in the future and consider the real and imagined consequences of things that have happened in the past. 
the question is, what is the impact then of actually having this these opportunities for quiet and these moments of reflection? And and some of some of those influences have to do with just noticing those thought patterns, right? Noticing noticing the the loops you get in sometimes, and and some of them have to do with um, an acceptance that that this moment is an important moment, right? I think a lot of us don't actually live now. We either live in the past, meaning we spend our time rehashing things that happened to us before, or we live in the future, concerned or worried about what might happen without actually taking an opportunity to enjoy the moment that we're in yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of like standing by the microwave and it's ticking down. You've got two minutes <laughs> until you can eat. And so should you waste those two minutes of your life uh, because because you can't eat what's in the microwave for two more minutes, or is there a way of actually enjoying that moment, those two minutes, for what they are? Because you don't get them back. These are all elements of what it means to be mindful of what's happening. Another component of this is acceptance of yourself and others. Judgment is a core part of what human beings do, and we have to do that. We have to make determinations of, is this safe? Is this something that I want to do? Is this something I need to do? Right? What is what is the value of the actions, the individuals, the objects around us? And so we're constantly making judgments. However, there are times where those judgments actually get in the way of our ability to act in a situation. And in particular, I think a lot of people judge themselves very harshly. And I also think that that we also judge others very frequently. And so we <clears throat> we may actually make it harder to engage in interactions with people because we have we, we have judged something that they've done in a past in the past in a way that that makes it hard for us to to continue to interact with them, even though the past transgression might not warrant the current reaction. Yeah. Many people operate under the assumption that I have no control over my feelings. My feelings are my feelings. They just well up based on whatever's going on. There's nothing I can I can do about it. And one of the things that mindfulness demonstrates, if, if it's cooked right, is, is that you, you actually can control your feelings. Actually stopping and just slowing the pace of what you're doing now changes how you perceive the world. I mean, I mean the thing is, you know, if you think about mindfulness as being some, you know, new magical thing because the word is kind of new, at least in its current usage. You know, people have been telling people forever, you know, when you get angry, you should count to 10. I Actually, that's a that's a mindfulness technique, right? Yeah. Because it's, it's requiring you to wait when all of your guts are telling you act, right? And, and that waiting opens up space where new information can come in. And new interpretations of information can come in. And to see potential contributions of different things in our uh, in our memories and, and the experiences we're having in the moment that may be influencing how we feel and how we think that would have completely escaped our notice had we not slowed down and taken the time to do that. Next week, we'll continue our look at mindfulness, but from the darker side with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. Jake Perlman is our engineer, and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.